Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone. I hope you're having a great day. I am basking in the glow of new things right now. So new is a very powerful thing. When something new is in your life, it generally symbolizes a start. So think about any starting line the emotions, the expectations, the uncertainty that come with standing at the starting line. And some of you are like, I have to go to the bathroom right now, (laughs) just thinking about it. But some people are made for the starting line. They thrive in this nervous energy. It, it, it's like they're bubbling with excitement. You know, they know that the finish line is out there, but they just love the start. I don't know why. It's just magical for people. Um, I'm not sure if people are born this way, if it's genetically wired into them to be a starter, or if this ability to embrace and thrive, not just embrace, but thrive in the starting line, is a result of our upbringing. In either way, there are people in this world who were made to start things, people who were made to nurture and maintain, and there were people who were made to help finish and move things along. The three categories, starters, people in the middle, and people at the end. And there are some magical people who can do it all. Today, you will hear from an incredibly talented young entrepreneur, Katerina Samargia. And when I say young, she is literally at that age when you aren't sure whether you should call her a girl or a woman. She's a 20-year-old junior in college. I'm not kidding. 20-year-old junior in college who had an idea and she decided to hit start. Now, I feel personally uh, very much called to help other women find happiness and success in this world, and men too, but the women are close to my heart here. And when I was connected to Kat, I knew immediately that she's a very special person who will not only find her own happiness and success in this world, but I personally believe that she will help many others find theirs too. Um, I share something in common with her. We are both fantastic starters. And when you create a business out of nothing, you enter the startup phase. I mean, this is a literal phase you enter. It's full of intense clarity, um, the kind of energy that keeps you awake at night, not because you're worried, but because you're so freaking excited. Your adrenals are pumping like crazy. Every small win feels like you won the Ironman. Everything you learn on a daily basis gives you a literal buzz. It makes you realize how much you don't know. And until your brain and your body and your energy just can't take in much more, this is the startup phase. And I went through this incredible startup phase at Skirt Sports. uh, And when I did that, 
geez, I was 32 years old. It was a while ago. Now I'm 45. (laughs) And I learned something very important about myself. I learned that I am a starter. And I also learned that I'm a connector. And those are the things I do best in this world. However, when your business is no longer a startup, you need to find other ways to fuel your starter strengths. Hence, starting a podcast. (laughs) Hence, starting a uh, skirt sports talk show, which is actually going to come at you sometime in January 2018. But the point is, the people who can't evolve fail or they leave, or they get kicked out of the very thing they started because they don't know how to transcend that literal phase. But when you can admit that this is where you thrive, you can find a way to bring that magic every day. If I was stuck in my ways and I was like, no, I'm going to be a nurturer of this business now and just nurture every day, I'm decent at that, but I'm better at being a starter. And so... Today, when you hear from Kat, she's currently a starter. You're going to hear it in her voice. You're going to feel it through the airwaves. You're going to, you're just going to come away from this with all kinds of energy. But she's also incredibly mature. She's incredibly disciplined and incredibly smart. And she's much more mature and disciplined than I was when I started skirt sports at 32. I think we just may find that Kat is one of those rare magical beings who can start, nurture, and finish all with grace, compassion, and panache. But we don't know. That is yet to be seen. So on that note, with a wide open heart, let's meet Kat. Do most people call you Kat or Katarina? It's 99% of everyone is Kat. And then how the heck do you actually say your last name? Samargia. It's like every letter of the alphabet in there. And you pronounce them all. I love it. Well, Kat, I am, for sake of keeping the podcast on track time-wise, I will call you Kat, not Katarina. Um, (laughs) Works with me. (laughs) I'm very excited to have you on today. You are one of my younger um, interviews ever, and I think that's just a huge testament to who you are and what you're doing in this world. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am so honored to be here. It's cool how we uh, came together. So <laughs> I got to tell this story. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a little girl, like five, six years old, um, my dad worked, he spent his whole career. This is when people would have like 30 year careers at the same company. He worked for the Harris Bank in downtown Chicago and we used to he used to work on christmas eve i mean this is how it used to be right mm-hmm. <laughs> the workplace is a hustler yeah yeah it's changed dramatically now but it was always a really fun day for us because we would go on the train which he took every single day and we would go down and spend christmas eve morning in chicago at the bank and there were gospel singers and I remember this little robot. They literally had a mail delivery robot in the bank. They were like very progressive. Um, And uh, I always got to spend time with the people who worked with my dad, one of which was a woman named Nellie. And does Nellie share your last name? No, we actually call her our Tetanaja. It's this... all You know, the whole family kind of refers to it as this, but it's... We're not... 
um, I think it's my dad's cousin, but she's just absolutely the light of the family. Well, she was definitely the light of the Harris Bank, and she uh, kept in touch with my dad over the years. And as we grew up, she followed me and my sister. And when you decided to launch this incredible company called Locker Lifestyle, she immediately put us together because she knew the power of connecting women. So we have to give Nellie some thanks. Oh, major thanks out to my Teta Nedge, as we call her, for sure. Because I wouldn't actually be where I am today without the assistance of you and support from her and all these wonderful connections and women supporting women. So well, let's, really talk, let's talk about that for a minute before we even dig into anything else. Let's talk about the power of women supporting women. You know, you are a young woman in business. You're still in college, right? Yes, I'm actually only a junior at Grand Valley where I play tennis. Cool. So what is it about um, mentorship and having other strong women in your life that you think has helped you? I would say I got the confidence and, and will to, to push where I am because of my mom and actually her sister. They started the bridal store of their own and had that for 26 years. And without that bridal store, I actually wouldn't have been able to start my business. But I was raised there and the two of them just hustled and, and just really knew how to get to work and, and supporting each other and making other women feel beautiful on their day. And it really stemmed from that, I guess. And, and then meeting people like you and, and having the power and the connections to be able to get to those next steps. Because I know you're not where you are, and I know I'm not where I am just by being, just by doing things ourselves all the time. So, well, that's so true. And so you you were basically raised in a bridal shop, but more than that, you were raised watching strong women work their butts off, right? Absolutely. Literally in the back, my mom and my aunt would would take shifts watching the kids, feeding the kids. And then as I got older, it was like putting us to work. And that's how I learned the sales, the marketing, dealing with, you know, people and, and having those kinds of connections and watching them do it. And they did it in the best way possible. So I, I learned from the best. Well, and it's interesting because you're not quite at this stage of life where you've got kids of your own yet, but... <laughs> Um, I know as a mom who works and works hard, there's some guilt that goes with putting so much effort and passion into a job. And in the back of your mind, you're hoping and, and wishing and, and thinking that it may positively impact your kids because you want to say anything to yourself to help that guilt feel a little better. So, so I guess what I'm kind of getting to or asking is, did you ever feel like that was a detriment or was, you know, your mom being a strong working woman in the workforce, always something that you looked up to? I just always and continue to have the strongest respect for my mom and my aunt for doing that just because they made us appreciate even, you know, the value of the dollar, how much they had to work and be on their feet to be able to provide for the life that we had. So it, it never crossed my mind that, oh, they're not giving us enough attention or weren't able to do certain things. They were able to switch off and give me the incredible life I've had thus far. So the utmost respect I have for them. Well, and you mentioned the word hustle too. 
Like, I think this word might be kind of important to you. You watched your mom do the hustle. I've heard some really cool, very successful women like Sarah Blakely. She talks a lot about the hustle in the early days. Yeah, what does that word mean to you? That's actually one of my favorite words. And some people take it as a negative connotation. I have as a very positive connotation because I don't consider myself the smartest person in the room, but I pride myself on being one of the hardest working and, and things never always came so easily to me and things aren't, you know, handed on a silver platter. So I think learning to grind it out and, and push through and, and do what you have to do in order to to get to where you want to be and, and how you see yourself is comes from the word hustle. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's always I have a little picture in my room that it just has the word hustle on it. And I look at that every day. Wow. So would you say it's almost like a mantra? Yeah, it really is. Because people are like, oh, you hustle someone. But it's like, no, I think the hustle stems from hard work. Like it's it's within. It's you're your own, you know, source of that motivation and positivity. And, and I think that's contagious in a way when, when you're working hard and and beaming that, that kind of, you're emulating that positivity. It's It affects other people too, so... Oh, I'm right there with you. I totally believe in the power of the contagious positivity. <laughs> we need to keep <laughs> That's making. That's what I love about you. Yeah. Yes, we got to keep making those ripples happen. So let's talk a little bit about when you were growing up. Um, you were were you athletic your entire life? Yeah. So I was kind. Of, so I'm the first child, like the guinea pig of everything, right? And my I was like my dad's first son you know he put me in every sport which I'm so glad he did because I made friends and stayed active and learned how to be healthy and make more friends and everything and and I actually played everything from hockey and soccer and now to which led me to become a collegiate athlete and and I'm super lucky for all of that but they've been to every match and and so I've always been which you know kind of started the company and being wanting to put that around the whole active lifestyle, which I'm a huge um, proponent of. So did you like pick up a racket when you were a little kid? Yeah, I actually, so I started off in soccer. That was my love. And I actually got injured so much that my parents cut me off. And then probably around like six or seven, we're like, you know what, let's just want to, they wanted to put me in every sport, just see what you like and didn't want to force anything on me. And then I played both at the same time and really in high school is when I started to take it seriously and decided that um, maybe, a, maybe a scholarship was a viable option. But it did start very young for me. So at what point did you realize that you actually had talent or that I guess I would say maybe the, the trifecta came together because you can have a lot of talent, but you don't pursue it because you don't love it. So there's passion there's talent, there's hard work. And I guess there's also mental toughness. Like when did you realize that you had the full package and it was, you know, kind of coming together around the sport of tennis? I would say especially, I just realized early on that I'm not the strongest person on the field or the court. But then when I would like, again, the hustle, that hard work, if I would put in that extra time and have that mental toughness and, and learn of pushing my own boundaries is when I actually made those leaps and bounds over other people. And that started kind of younger, but really in high school is when it made the gap. And I actually won 
Um, I have a, a plaque in the school for, for being the uh, all-state, which is the, I got the farthest in the tennis state competition than any Lockport tennis player in the history, and that came from not hanging out with my friends all the time and go after school, I'd go play tennis for four hours a day and, and, and train off the court as well. So people, it's hard. It was hard for my friends because they only saw the small successes. They didn't see the work that was put in to get there. Well, and you mentioned sacrifices and that's a big deal, especially when you're in high school, you know, waking up at four or 5 AM and hitting the courts early and that's something that definitely sets you apart. Did you ever resent it, or did you always embrace the hard work? I thri- I loved that, and I thrived in that because I knew not all my friends wanted that or saw that. And but then, like when you would go to these tournaments and matches or get those, you know, have schools are are looking at you. That's what really made it all worth it I of course there's times when you're like oh my gosh I can't do this anymore why don't I just take the easy way out but it was so much more exhilarating to me to be able to to better myself in those ways and and I'm just obsessed with how can I be better how can I become better Ooh, so you still are today I know that about you already (laughs) um so how do you answer that I mean, how do I become better? Is that something you suggest people ask themselves throughout their lives? Is it a mantra? Is it hanging on the wall next to the word hustle? You know, it should be. That's a really good point. But that's also another mantra for me because if you were not waking up with purpose, then what are we really doing, I guess? And and that was a huge difference between my sister and I. I love her. but So she's that more naturally intelligent person but super lazy. And I'm that not so into things don't come as easily to me, but I will work my butt off to get there <laughs> kind of thing where like just complete opposites. Um, but, but waking up and, and having, I'm a huge list person too. So I, I, and I prioritize like I, the reason I'm able to do tennis school and this business thus far is because I am the best at making lists and literally ranking things from one to 50 on, on what has to get done today. And I'm not going to go to that next up until number 27 is done and then number 28 can get done. So so that's how it really goes for me and in finding that purpose and continuing that drive um, to, to be able to do that. Oh, I love the list thing. I love it. Okay, so you wake up and you have a list going, I'm sure. And every day, do you say, okay, what are the priorities today? Did they shift? Do I pick up where I left off? Like, tell me about this list thing, because I have a feeling a lot of people listening would also like to be the best in the world at making lists and prioritizing them correctly. <laughs> right? No, I know. It's a it's a very learned and special skill that, that I've come to. But I, you typically, I have multiple lists for like the different categories of things I'm doing, whether it's because I meal prep a lot, I eat healthy, I have to prep myself for tennis. So I've got, you know, that kind of list. And then I've got the list for each class and homework and studying. And then I've got the list for business. So it's okay, because I run every aspect of it from web development and, and um, actually fulfilling the product out of my apartment right now. I, I have that kind of list, but I make it usually the night before. So I wake up with that purpose and and knowing and kind of already visualizing how I'm going to do that before bed. And that 
kind of helps me prepare in advance because there's going to be some things on this list like I have to do in a couple hours that maybe I'm not looking forward to or regretting, but I know I'm going to be so much more relieved when that is over. So when I make this list, I just, even throughout the day, I'll, I'll still have to add things on it. It's a, it's a long list and it's categorized. And then I rank it from one to whatever on that list. And I know that number one and so on after has to get done in that order. Like, cause I know it's a huge thing. I'm, I'm a total nerd and I listen to these podcasts and they were saying that entrepreneurs, it's so easy to get caught up in emails and smaller things. So just recently I've learned that actually numbering how to in, in your list has been um, a lot more successful for me. Oh, that's so cool. This is like mini goals everyday goals. <laughs> and I mean, I think that is also a huge part of being successful as an entrepreneur and anybody. Um, I got to I got to ask this other question, though. This is like the anti you, but it's just so interesting to me. So we're talking generational here. Okay. Um, you're in college, you're on the young side of the millennial generation, you're almost like Gen Z, right? You're close. You're on yeah, the edge. Uh, yeah. Mm hmm. And millennials get a really bad rap about being lazy, entitled, they expect work must be fun or they're out, you know, they, they feel that having every holiday handed to them, it's not like when we used to go to the bank on Christmas Eve because my dad was still working, you know, it's really evolved. And I wondered what you think about this. Like, is there any validity to that? Obviously, you're not in that camp you know, is this just a stereotype? So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and maybe a little more on your own work philosophy. Absolutely. So it actually, it baffles me sometimes. I have friends from every aspect and, and some are just the laziest people ever and they totally represent that stereotype. And I have other friends who I look up to and I can't believe, you know, also they're accomplishing and, and you know, they're doing med school and things like that. So I have friends on both ends of the spectrum, but as the, the number one thing that gets me is the obsession with our phones and it literally kills me. And I'm, everyone says I'm like such an old woman, you know, for this, but I, when I'm doing, I have lots of work to do. I have this app that I, that literally shuts down my phone and I put it away and I have to focus and truck through that work. I, I do not allow myself to think otherwise. And I hate the word lazy. Like that is just, I never, ever wanted to ever be associated with that word. And I think that it's so easy for millennials and myself even sometimes to want to get caught up in the Netflix or going out and doing things and putting things off one more day or one more hour. But procrastination is, it's detrimental to my health. And that's, I think, a very personal thing. So I, I've seen, you know, especially in my own friend group, definitely both sides of, of the spectrum. Wow, that is such an amazing answer. I mean, the truth is every generation has people on both sides of the camp. And there are certain people who just have skills and can rise above. And I just I, I just know you are one of those people. First of all, what is this <laughs> app that shuts your phone down? So actually, one of my accounting teacher told me about it. It's called Forest. And it just locks you out of your phone. You could set it on a certain timer. You can put on background noise and you kind of plant this tree and get coins. So it has a little motivation in it. But it's called Forest and I live by it just because it's those little bits. Because it's not, not we're human. I can't just sit at my desk for seven hours straight and truck through everything and then expect to feel fine after. I 
like to take breaks and allow myself to do certain things. Like tennis is, if I'm being completely honest, my parent, I wanted to get out of tennis and my, I was like, you know what? I want to put all 100% of me, myself into this business. And my parents talked me out of it and I'm glad they did because they were saying it's that, it's that break from business. You have to have some sort of separation. You're going to lose your mind. You're going to lose that creativity. So when I go to tennis, when I go to workouts, when I meal prep and do those things, that's like, I look forward to it because that's my break and escape from business. And, and that's, and that's how I stay creative and sane and, and able to work the crazy hours and, and such. Uh, I love that. Philo- Your parents are amazing. Okay. We, we're, yeah. thank <laughs> you. My parents. Yeah. For this, for sure. <laughs> Let's give them a big virtual hug because they are incredible supporters and they're dead on right. You know, I think one of the big mistakes people make, and I've seen this in triathlon, you know, the sport I knew well, um, is that people see the potential So then they decide that they must quit everything else and focus entirely on that one thing. And it almost always backfires. I mean, you almost never improve to the level that you think you're going to improve. And part of it is that you don't get those healthy breaks anymore. The things that keep you balanced in this crazy life. Exactly. Yeah, I would. And I honestly like I would burn myself out every once in a while. And it was super exhausting and not healthy and and learning to prioritize the list and work out because that's my break and and love it and be able to associate that you know with with tennis and and being with friends and such was the right call for me well i think we're all getting a really good sense of your foundation and some of the things that are making you incredibly successful even with a business that's barely off the ground and it's going to be wildly successful as you continue. Um, I want to touch just a little more on some of the building blocks here because I think I'm interested in the lessons you learned as an athlete. Would you say that your, you know, your athletic history has played a big role in helping build some of these uh, foundational blocks? Absolutely, especially in in discipline and communication with people and as an in respect to like teammates and the people who helping me and mentors I think of them as as teammates it's no one above or below me I think we're all human and equals so from a discipline standpoint sports has put me in that right mindset Uh, do you have any stories or examples of successes or failures that I don't know uh, demonstrate discipline or the communication or anything else you've learned that you think has influenced you today as an athlete? Just one of the things that I always, off the top of my head right now, I just, my one tennis coach, most recent coach back at home, he is, we're, he's like a brother to me. He's very cool. And, but he's that no BS. He's this big Canadian guy. And like my, my coach now is not as as strict as him. And I wish he was because it's so easy to complain and not do that last rep, but he, and he was, it meant so much more when he actually said good job or gave you a compliment because that was so rare. And that meant so much more when he actually did. And, and I remember doing, we had to do these sleds on the turf, like the pushing this huge sled with a bunch of weights on it. And I'm to the point of actual exhaustion, almost passing out. 
And he looked at me and he, he goes, I put you in the older group for a reason. He goes, you can either sit out now and regret it or you're going to push yourself and you're going to be better to be, you know, and, and you earn your spot here. He goes, I did this for a reason. And I looked at him and I did one more and I did one more set and I was able to do it. And I felt like I was going to just absolutely pass out after. But that I keep thinking of that when I want to quit or give up because we always have that little bit left and we may not think it, but we do. Oh, I love that. That is so valid. Amazing. You know, body strong mind often talks us out of believing that. So the mind and the body need to come together. And those kinds of coaches, those special influences can help us get there. But really, you're the one doing it. It's amazing. Right. And I, one of my quote, I know that it's like kind of cliche, but I think of it sometimes too. It's that quote that you either can or you can't and you're right. So, you know, that mindset of do you believe in yourself or, or do you not? Because you're right either way. Wow, I love it. Um, great. Well, let's uh, let's keep moving on in, in your amazing life here. Um, <laughs> I think I want to talk about an, a defining moment here, something that has changed your life's trajectory. Let's talk about when you came up for the idea for Locker Lifestyle. My favorite question. <laughs> So uh, being a student athlete, this is my company is really started in June of 2016. So it's very new. And I've learned just an incredible amount since then. But one day after practice, my teammates and I, we went into our rec center. And all we needed was an ID and key. That's it. But we ended up bringing these extra bulky wallets, purses, cash, things we didn't need. Our lockers didn't lock. Our cubbies were open. And then we had some teammates whose things were getting stolen. I, I realized there had to be a better solution. So I actually wanted to go into med school. I thought I had this all figured out. I almost didn't want to play tennis because I was like, oh, I want to go to this really great med program. And and I just realized I, I'm, in, I'm in this program and now I'm, I have this idea. And I knew exactly what I wanted. I was not in a business major, obviously. And so, but I met with my mother seamstress at her bridal store. So this is how I, this idea would not be possible without her. And cause when I looked for things, I bought them like the running belts were super poor quality, bulky, restricting. And like when you go out or if you want to just go shopping or go to a festival or something, it's just so, I think ugly, quite frankly, but that's just my opinion. And, and so I met with this seamstress and I literally drew out, the crappiest little rectangle of, of what I wanted. And, and I knew I, from the seams, the zipper, the stitching, everything, I was very specific on that because I work out six days a week. I'm very specific about how things look and feel. And within a day, pretty much, we had the first prototype of the wrist locker. And, and so the wrist locker is the length of an ID to fit cash, key, ID, phone, and more. The largest size will fit an iPhone 7 Plus or smaller. There's one seam so you can use that entire band. And and that was really the start where people were like, okay, you're not the only one with this problem. Open my Etsy shop then. And the rest is history. Wow. And you know, almost every billion dollar company starts because somebody wanted something that didn't exist. Right. Um, <laughs> And your your business is in its infancy. You know, you're going through all this really cool early entrepreneurial startup 
juju right now <laughs> let's just yeah. say it's the stuff that like you mentioned having purpose when you wake up in the morning I mean is that accurate is this what's driving your purpose right now yeah I would say like if I didn't have this business right now honestly I I'm not sure what I could be doing because it's a, a good flaw of mine is that I hate free time I feel guilty when I have free time I'm like oh what what can I be doing I want to literally be bettering myself. I can go to the library and study this. Maybe I can go to the gym for another 30 minutes in this or stretch or, or whatever it is. And so putting that time in towards this business and kind of exhausting myself with how do I make it better and learning from it is it's addicting actually, because when you're putting in these, this work and getting those results, you just want more and more and more of it because the more people I meet who love the business and are happy with what I do and what I make, it makes it all worthwhile. Well, that's, you know, that's the thing. Your passions are going to continue to evolve. So right now, yeah, this is driving you. And I love this idea of feeling guilty when you have free time. I am also guilty of feeling <laughs> guilty when I have free time. I mean, it drives my husband crazy that I can't just sit on the couch and put my feet up. So I'll be honest, that's something I've been working on over the last like decade of my life. <laughs> Um, and you've mentioned before, you know, how do I become better? This is a big question that you continually ask yourself. And so many people are afraid to present that question with themselves because it might make them feel weak or face insecurities or whatever. And so I give you such huge kudos for all of this. And on that note, what what part of yourself do you want to work on right now? Like, what would you say are areas that you think, if you improve, will make your life better? I think there's so many things that, that can be improved upon for, for myself. And I would say one thing now is just, I guess, focusing a little bit more on school. I get so excited about business, and that's been my priority, actually, so I, I think about, in my, in my day, it's business, it goes business, school, then tennis as on the totem pole. And, not, and I have great grades and I pride myself on, on being a good student, but I think now that I've done, you know, the bit of entrepreneurship competitions and slowing down, I'd like to, to finish up school strong because I get, I get so excited about doing the business stuff. I'm like, oh, I, I listen to podcasts constantly. I'm in the background while I'm doing my laundry or something. I always have something on. So I'm get maybe that little extra bit of marketing information or, or motivation and, and things like that. So I would say, I guess the focus on school would be more. That's what my parents definitely want it to be, but, but they're very proud of what I've been able to do and accomplish so far. So. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Well, let's talk a little more about locker lifestyle. So you know, have, what, what are the biggest struggles you've encountered since you created the brand and, and created your first product? Yeah, so since that first product, I developed two more big ones. So the headlocker is a pocketed headband, and then the little locker is an adjustable small wrist wallet. And the funny thing about that product, and which is I think it's so cool about entrepreneurism, is that I found I've been keep finding more uses for that product. Like it's meant for to adjust on the wrist, ankle, um, or even a belt loop. Then you tuck it in your pocket. I found that one day on accident, and then on accident also I 
found it adjust to a dog collar and you put even a little doggy bag in there, a doggy treat and, and the versatility within all the products I just have so much fun with. But the number one thing for me is that I know even we've discussed for a bit is getting that quality of product and then merging that with the actual manufacturing. Cause my problem right now is that I can't keep up with demand, which is a great problem. And I have, you know, Costco interested. I I've Cedar point possibly interested in, and so many other local retailers who see the growth and potential in the product, but I can't even begin to fulfill that because they're all handmade. All the products are handmade my, by myself and with the help of some family and friends right now. So it's all very small. Uh, and you know, that's how you should start. I mean, if you came out guns a-blazing and you had uh, Asian manufacturing set up before you even sold your first one... <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that'd be a little bit of a cart before the horse. You know, you, you need to start by introducing a really interesting idea. And then you hope that other people like it. And in your case, not only do they like it, they love it. And uh, you're getting incredible feedback, interest, and investment from other people who see, I'd say, the the value and the prospect of this little brand growing to be something huge. So I think um, I think you're doing it just how you should be doing it. And it's really hard because, yeah, you've got a big problem right now. More people want your products than can get them. I am very proud to say that we are among your first retailers. We just received our shipment. I think we just tagged it. And when I go into the store tomorrow, it's only sold at the Boulder Skirt Sports flagship store. Um, we've got custom wrist lockers. We've got the small size and the size that fits an iPhone. So you need to come in there and grab one while you can, right? <laughs> no, so those things, I it's so exciting because I will go to an event or a, a market and I will sell out within two hours of being there. I literally will sell out in all that I have. And people will come by and they're, they, they were like debating, you know, walking around and coming back. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer because everyone sees like they're the perfect stocking stuffer, men, women, they can fit all of, you know, all your essentials, even, you know, up to pepper spray and lip balm and feminine products. And, and so there's so much that can be done with it. And people see that and really resonate with that. Absolutely. So you've been doing the um, the Shark Tank style local tour, correct? You've been winning competitions. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually been the funnest part of what I'm doing because I love public speaking. I could talk business all day. It is so exciting to me. But then I was referred to do an entrepreneurship competition by one of my professors. And and being when I started off and wanting to go to med school, I didn't even know that being an entrepreneur was really a thing. I was not really even familiar with that terminology, even though both my parents had their own businesses. It just never really hit me. And then once I made that transition and started this business, people people were like, okay, you're doing the wrong thing. And and when I made that switch and, and I was told about this first entrepreneurship competition, I went in and I was competing. So the first, it was two day competition. First day was a people's choice award. And I finished this poster that I had to have done for this literally at the last waking hour, the print shop had to leave the poster outside because they were already closed by the time I finished class for me. So I just in the nick of time, get this poster and I win the People's Choice Award there. And I was just in shock because 
everyone else just seemed to have been here before. They networked and knew all these people and, and just had, had this idea that seemed a little bit more developed. And then the second day I went and pitched again and I won the grand prize. And I was like, that feeling was, I can't even compare that to winning a tennis match. It is the most exciting, rewarding feeling ever. It's, it's addicting. And, and so I actually went on to win five more entrepreneurship competitions just this past year. So I have so much fun doing that. And that is all the more validation that investors, judges, people in the crowd, other retailers see and and have faith in the product and the potential that it has. So wait, are you going to be on Shark Tank, the real thing? <laughs> Working on it. That's that's definitely something one of my one of my bucket list goals. I I def, I do take things day by day because so many things happen like getting an interview with you. How cool is that? And then getting to fulfill my order for Skirt Sports and everything. So, it's it's a process and I I'm working through it, but the funding and the the people from that I met in, through these entrepreneurship competitions has been like a huge like focus for me these past couple weeks because two Thursdays ago I won this competition actually called the dolphin tank and I competed against four other women who were 40 to 50 years old and I'm the youngest there it's intimidating but I love I loved it because I love proving people wrong and those women were all super supportive and everything but I was definitely the underdog and then just this past Thursday, I went to Detroit to compete in another entrepreneurship competition. And I, I was competing against other businesses who had followers of, you know, 20,000 on Instagram. And we have this, this, and this. And, and I also then took home first place. And it is just the coolest feeling. So I actually have three provisional patents and one design patent, registered LLC, two trademarks, it's the coolest of things to have for being 20, for sure. Oh, my good Lord. I just see this bright, <laughs> shining future, and I know everyone listening does. This energy is just, I'm rocking with it. So let's talk about, um, do you have any stories about people who use the product? Oh, this is my favorite story. So I had this awesome blogger named Hannah messaged me on Instagram and I just followed her. Oh, I liked her page. And she messaged me and goes, Oh my gosh, how have I not seen this product before? I'm going to buy one right now. And I'm going to tell you why and I go, okay. And she goes, so I was a victim a couple of years ago to a hit and run accident. Her, she, she just went close to her house. Didn't have bring a, any form of ID, usual run, didn't bring anything to hold her phone, just in her hand, and the car hit her, drove away. Police couldn't identify her. Hospital couldn't I, tell her parents because they didn't even know who she was until she regained consciousness. And it was just a super scary thing, and she was so fortunate to be okay and be alive. But now she says she, she will never run without a wrist locker because she needs that safe place to have that, you know, God forbid anything happen. It's a really true story and very valid. So I think a really great selling point for your product for sure. And you know, you're going to have so many more stories like this. I know you already do, but that's just amazing. So people are seeking you out. They already know they need this. They didn't know where to find it. You have it. <laughs> exactly. That. So now I'm, I'm just spreading the word. I'm, I'm just preaching that 
excuse-free, worry-free, active lifestyle with the brand locker lifestyle. Mm, I like that. Excuse-free, worry-free. You don't even have to think about it. <laughs> nice. Except, no, that's when we, even when like we'll go to tailgates for some football games and things too, it's, it's not just fitness. It's, it's festivals. It's going out with friends. Even you have a long sleeve, you're able to even put it over your wrist locker and, and just not even think about it. You know, you have your essentials in there and you're not having to worry about losing them or someone stealing them. And like even traveling when we went to Europe, I wore mine the entire time because pickpocketing was such a bad problem there. That's true. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Now we're talking about the product so much. Everybody wants one. Let's do a giveaway. <laughs> Should we do a giveaway? I would love to do a giveaway. All right. What are we giving away? So because you're, you'll be able to check out the wrist lockers at Skirt Sports Store, I think it would be best to do a giveaway of the head locker pocketed headband instead. Oh, cool. Yeah, definitely. And we have a lot of women with crazy big hair who need headbands. So I think this is good. All right. Well, what do we, we'll have to make them answer some question. I don't know. Do you have anything in mind? Hmm. You know, I'm maybe just a little info about the headlocker. So the headlocker can actually fit an ID, cash keys, lip balm, and even be wrapped around the wrist as a little wrist wallet, which is my favorite feature. Um, But maybe for a, for a question, should we do it related to the product or kind of my story? Oh, no, wait, I've got a good one. It's a question I'm going to ask you right now, and maybe we'll ask them to answer it for <laughs> themselves as well. So this is what we'll do. Um, okay. You'll head over to our Facebook post, which will be on the Skirt Sports Facebook page. And so this is a question for you and for everybody listening. Okay, so write your answer to this question, and then Kat will choose a winner. Like We usually give people about a month to listen to the podcast, so a month from now, you're going to choose a winner. What is your greatest strength? Wow, that's such a grand question. Um, I would say my greatest strength would be... I'd say mental mental toughness because the the amount of work and things I deal with and learning even how to code a computer and then also go to events all by myself and things like that I it all stems back to the hard work derived from mental toughness. Oh, I love that. And that just get her done attitude. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to figure it out, right? That is definitely a mantra for me. Awesome. Let's get into a couple of uh, little things that I would call um, traits of successful people. I'm going to call you successful right now. So how does that feel? So first flatter. of all, that is so cool. I'm so flattered. If you could see, I am just smiling ear to ear right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about some of your habits. Um, let's talk about, let's say your morning routine. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? So I try and keep my morning routine consistent. And then this is not something just where it's like, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing all the time. I, I listen to podcasts of other entrepreneurs and kind of trial and error of what worked for me. But I try and wake up at the same time every day. I make sure I always eat breakfast. I cannot be one of those people that skip. And I need that energy, energy and that metabolism to kickstart my day. I usually like to, depending on practices, I'm either working out before class or I'm working working out later, but then I will head to class and, and get my couple hours of work done. 
I come back, I in class, I kind of will add to my list if I'm forgetting any other things, do some emails here and there, and then get to focus on the business stuff until practice. I, from practice, I go to actually playing tennis because we do our workouts and our hitting. And then from there, it's either class or business again and having that discipline to sit down and not, I'm not watching Netflix, I'm not um, getting distra- trying to be distracted on my phone or posting or or just hanging out with friends earlier, I try and save that later in the day because I thrive when in natural light. I That's super weird, but that's something I noticed. I'm a total morning person, and waking up to the brightness of the day and a fresh new energy is just is where when I do best. And I love the kind of yogi mindset of each day you're reborn. Each day you have the chance to do something great again. And then I go in with that feeling of, okay, how am I going to start this? It starts with, you know, a fresh workout typically and a great breakfast. And that and that list of to-do where I'm visualizing what needs to get done and how it's going to get done. You know, I'm hearing some really cool themes. Like the first would be this kind of schedule and the consistent schedule is seems to be important to you and I do think that is a trait of very successful people but also that there's some flexibility and with you that comes in the uh, I'd say realm of self-awareness so not that many people take the time to really understand why they're cranky or unproductive at night they just go oh it's just I don't know I'm just that way well, you've realized and, and come to learn that you're better in natural light, as you said, right? <laughs> yeah, so, I work better and, and homework and everything too. And I think that that is a really good point right there is to take a moment, ask yourself, when am I my best? And then why am I doing the things that I want to be most productive with when I'm not my best? And if you can rearrange your schedule, a very important thing for you, and most of us, to accommodate those best times, I think that leads to a huge, you know, uh, uptick in success and productivity. Yeah, I have this kind of, I would say, as like a skeleton of the day, because obviously my, you know, with practice and things and matches and things happen and change constantly. Oh, maybe I get this email that there's an event coming up. I have to adapt to that. But I definitely have this kind of basic skeleton outline of, this is how it sh- it goes and this is how I typically work best and at what times do things get done at the best times too. And I, what's helped me a lot recently is actual meditation. So the, like you were saying, you know, the self-awareness is I think super important for any athlete and entrepreneur and busybody because learning, it's like, okay, I need another 10 minute break to be able to be productive for the next hour and allowing myself kind of that time or maybe just accepting that second cup of coffee for the day to do so. Oh yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you also talked about meal prep and I'm going back to my college days, but I was a college athlete as well and I definitely did not meal prep. I mean, I know it wasn't (laughs) a thing 20 years ago or more, but, um, but that's pretty impressive. Do you, do you, uh, adhere to a strict regime? Are you a certain diet type or do you just like to plan? Yeah, a bit of both. So I'm actually allergic to dairy and I've been so all my life. So I've kind of had to 
get creative in the kitchen and thank goodness I love to cook. Otherwise I'd really be screwed. But I love like taking that time too. like, it's a, it's a fun activity for me too, because I appreciate food. And so to meal prep and, and get things ready. And also I am eating at least one meal of the day in my car. And I know that's not, you know, a typical healthy kind of thing to do, but between running between practice class and, and doing business things, I just, I'm not sitting a lot or, you know, so having fresh, healthy food kind of prepped and, and ready to go keeps me energized and in my metabolism, you know, or, you know, as an athlete and we have to be fueled properly and stuff. So that meal prep has been a super important thing for, for my lifestyle. It's amazing. You just, uh, you just got to keep it rolling, sister. You are on track here. <laughs> You know, we talked a lot about business, school, and sports. We didn't talk a lot about family, friends, and fun, you know, and this is where you round out your life and your priorities, and it's hard to quantify, okay, friend time. You don't put that on your list necessarily, but how how do those things that make you a real person fit into your life? It's funny you say that because when my friends ask me to hang out sometimes, they'll be like, oh, let me check with my secretary if I can pencil you in, you know, because <laughs> I, I I feel like such a bad friend sometimes keeping up with people because it gets so overwhelming. There there really are not, there's not enough hours in the day. And and so having, and, and sometimes it gets hard too because people don't ask, my friends don't ask me as much to hang out or anymore or go do things because they know they know the answer is, oh, I have work. Or, oh, I, I'm doing this and this. And, and I try to make time. And I, I don't hang out with my friends or watch a movie every day. That's not something that is in my schedule. But now every once in a while, I think another important thing for me is learning to kind of let go and hang out with friends and, and have that extra breathing room, and, and which I think allows for kind of creativity in the business too. Um, but that's, that's just been a hard thing is I guess allowing those, those extra, that extra bit of free time and friends. And I definitely have my fair share of being with family and, and going out and trying to go to the football games and things. Um, but I, I'm also extremely close with my family more than anything. They're, they're my best friends as well. And when they come to my matches and entrepreneurship events, that's kind of a break kind of thing instead of, I guess, going out for a while. It's true. And, you know, I mean, here's the thing. Any any person who is obsessed is a bad word, but, um, you know, consumed by a passion is going to struggle with including other passions. And, um, I mean, a love life. Think about that. Someday you may want to have a marriage or kids or whatever, but maybe not. But, you know, the point is, like, all of those things, they do take a little extra piece of you. But here's a way to maybe reframe some of it and takes a little pressure off is that you also in your business and in your school and in your sports, you have relationships. These aren't things you do alone. And so if you can say, well, I get some of my fulfillment on the social side in these other places of my life, then maybe that takes a little pressure off. You're like, you know what? They all overlap in some way, right? Exactly. And I think for, for college students overall, and one of the hardest things and lessons you learn is, is saying no. And the reason I was able to get to these entrepreneurship competitions and learn how to, you know, 
do my entire website by myself. And just like those things was, was saying no, but then, you know, bringing in friends, like having my friends come help me at events. That was us hanging out and having fun and connecting with people together too. So kind of finding that balance has been, has been fun. Oh, for sure. Well, we're, I've got another question or two and we're going to start wrapping it up here. Um, I love this, I'd say slightly or very overused quote by Mary Oliver. And I just think it's really fitting for you because of where you are in your life. What do you plan to do with this one wild and precious life? <laughs> love that. Um, I, the more and more I do this business, the more and more I realize this is something that I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. People ask me, what's your plan out of college? And I say, I am going to take this business as far as I possibly can. If I have to create my own category out of an industry, I will. I'm going to, you know, power through, but, but have fun and I'm learning along, along with it. So, so you're going to keep going on the ride. I'm, I'm trucking through the ride. I'm going with the flow a little bit and also kind of making my own path alongside. So what's the definition of success for you? Oh, that's a very tough question. I, I would say success to me is, I, I started off thinking that I was this perfectionist and if I was very particular and about things, but learning success is that at the end of the day, did you accomplish what you wanted to? Are your, are you, is your head in the right place with your goals? Do they align? Are you satisfied with how far you pushed yourself today? Did you make the right connections? I think success is not based on a number. It's it's more of a, a personal connection with how you feel and how you were able to attribute those goals to, I guess, where you see yourself in the future. Oh, that's cool. I like that. It's It comes, you and you mentioned this in that answer, was this, are you really satisfied? At the end of the day, are you satisfied? If you're satisfied, that's success. Yeah, to me, success is, is, you know, when you, and you have those things, those milestones that will, will prove success, but, but that's, it's, I think it's a very personal and internal connection to have is success. Well, let's, let's take that then and lead into our final question that I ask every guest who comes on the show. And that (laughs) is, if you could give our listeners one final nugget, one piece of advice to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would it be? I would have to say, never stop making friends. You never know who's going to be in that audience, that room. I think the connections we have, you know, especially between us, it's we're, we're states away. And, and now we're, I have product in your store. I'm on your podcast. And, and there's such cool, exciting, connecting things about that, that the a number one thing for me is just don't be afraid to connect with that next person. Oh, I love that. And truly, even in this crazy world of virtual everything, those personal connections are what really drive us home, what, what drive the beauty and love to continue to propagate. So thank you so much. Awesome answer. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of the Skirt Sports family now. Oh, yeah. All right, everyone. (laughs) This is awesome. Well, we are going to get that giveaway question up on the Facebook page, and that is going to be, what is your greatest strength? Because we like to keep people positive, right? Absolutely. It's contagious. Cool. It is. And don't forget, cats is mental toughness. And I think um, all of us want to be in your camp because nobody here wants to think that they're mentally weak. We are all mentally tough and we all can be, and especially more so after listening to this awesome episode. So thanks so much for sharing your insight and wisdom and contagious energy. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm so happy you guys were able to tune in. And um, I hope you post on that Facebook page for a chance to win the headlocker. Woohoo! Hey, I'm sure you're feeling the same emotion I am. Impressed. That's the best way I can put it. It's really interesting to sometimes, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I think it's that there can be age discrimination a little bit in the world here. And a lot of times, it's hard for us to accept that we may be able to learn a lot from someone this young. Um, So who is this 20-year-old future business phenom? Who is this woman who's clearly showing such beyond her years leadership ability? All I can say today is don't forget this name, Katerina Samargia. I believe she is going places. So much of this interview contains such valuable advice for any of us. My favorite, because remember, I'm a starter and a connector, is her final nugget. Never stop making friends. I love that. I hope that through this podcast, in a small way, you feel that you're more connected to the other people who are listening. And on that note, you can actually connect with them and with me and with Kat um, on Facebook. Get over to the Skirt Sports Facebook page and look for the December 2nd post about this episode for a chance to win a headlocker headband. Um, Her headbands can store your little necessities. This is going to be one of the big up-and-coming products from Kat's company, Locker Lifestyle. All right, everyone, let's call it a day. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with friends and don't forget to write a review on iTunes. It really does help the show gain exposure. and We all know that we can use a little more inspiration in our lives. All right, all right, that's it. I'm really going now because you know what time it is. It's time to get out and run this world. Have a great workout and I'll see you next week.